0: So welcome to Tuesday at the Table. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray, uh, and then we'll get started. If you're joining us online, welcome to Tuesday at the Table. Uh, My name is Pastor Kevin. I'm excited to be able to bring you guys a word uh, today. So I'm really excited. So let's go ahead and pray. You guys want to bow your heads and uh, close your eyes, uh, even at home. But if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Father God, we just thank you so much for this day that you've given us. Father, we thank you for your love. Uh, for your mercy, for your grace, for your compassion, God. We just thank you uh, for being here with us. Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would uh, allow your Holy Spirit to flow through us right now. Uh, Father, would you speak to me, God, and would you just put the right words in my mouth uh, and in my brain so I'm able to uh, speak to your people, Father, and that they may be uh, able to understand, Father. Uh, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this place. I invite you into every home that is tuning in right now. Holy Spirit, have your way and breathe uh, a new revelation unto them and us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm really excited to speak uh, tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a quick recap. So for anybody joining us online and for everybody here in the house, a uh, quick recap. We were talking, uh, the last time I was here, we talked a little bit about the prophetic, right? So we talked a little bit about the prophetic. We talked a little bit about... Uh, what that is, what that looks like, how do you use that? Um, and so to, today I'm, I'm not talking really about the prophetic. I kind of am, uh, but I thought this was going to go just really, really good. Uh, it was going to fit in well uh, with what I taught about the last time I was here. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and, and share real quick uh, what happened. Uh, and what the lord showed me or or spoke to me about all right so uh i wasn't praying on my knees or listening to worship music or um you know just doing like a really awesome religious activity Uh, i was folding clothes that's what i was doing i was folding clothes in my room uh, and all of a sudden the word of the lord just kind of came to me and i and i just got this download that's the best way I can describe it. It's a download. Uh, and I started hearing myself speak. I, I heard myself preach. And so I immediately stopped what I was doing, and I started just writing everything down. I was like, whoa, this is, this is awesome. And so what, what God was was speaking to me about, I just think it's so important, and it is so on time for what God is doing right now. Um, And so I want to, so tonight's message is called, When You Speak, You Create. So when you speak, you create. And so I'm going to be talking um, (laughs) a couple little things that that God, that I heard God tell me a few weeks back. And so I'm really excited I actually get to share this. Uh, It was so cool. I got to share this with uh, Pastor Daisy Lowe. Uh, So that was really, really fun. Uh, We got to talk about this, and uh, I actually saw where, a few, I think it was last Tuesday, the Tuesday before that, she actually did like a a message about it, a little different, but still the same vein, right, so it's just so cool to see the Holy Spirit giving people, you know, in different states, the same thing, so I take that as confirmation, you know what I'm saying, I take that as, wow, thank you, God, thank you that I'm listening right, I'm in the right vein, you know, I thank you, Father, okay, and so I'm going to tell you what God told me. All right, and this is what he said. In the beginning, that's what I heard, okay? So I started hearing, so you guys are going to have to bear with me, but I started hearing uh, these verses, and I'm going to read it to you. It's Genesis 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. That's Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It might be on the screen for you. I hope it is. Um, thank you, Jazzy, in advance. <laughs> uh, but this is what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Okay, I'm going to stop right here. Verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. Pause. There's a comma right there. If you you look into your Bible, there is a comma right there, right? And I'm here tonight to tell you that that comma is Jesus. That comma is Jesus, okay? So people think Jesus is, you know, 2,000 years old, and he's not. He's not. Jesus was in the beginning. And so here from the beginning in the first three verses of the Bible, you see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Right? It says that the Holy... That the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Right? Verse 3. Let there be light and there was light. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. This is what God was literally just downloading on me. This is what God was saying. God said, let there be light. And so his word... Who's the word? Jesus. The, his word left his mouth and boom, created light. Boom, created light. And so... You're probably like, I don't know how you got that from that, uh, Pastor Kevin, but that's, that's interesting, right? How did, you, how did you get that Jesus is that little pause, that Jesus is that comma from where God says, let there be light, and then there was light, right? How? But the cool thing about God is that as he's giving me this download, he's giving me all the scriptures. It's just so awesome. And so uh, I want to go to John 1. And this is actually a really, really important verse. And so if you guys are into uh, different translations, okay, of the Bible, uh, one of the best things you can do is go to John 1 and read it and make sure that the Trinity is present and that there's not a separation, okay? But uh, this is just, it's just really cool stuff to me. So, and this is what it says. In the beginning... Right? This is the New Testament, but in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I love this. Think about why verse 1 says, in the beginning. See, people try to kill Jesus because he's like, oh, before Moses, I am. Just so you know, that was like a huge blasphemy. Like, they should kill him and stone him right there and then where he was. Because he said, Moses, Abraham, before those guys, I am Jesus. This is Jesus saying, listen, I've been here. Right? That's why Paul calls him the author of life. (laughs) Because there's nothing that's ever been created that was not created through Jesus, but through Jesus. Okay? And so... So the first thing you see here in John 1, it says in the beginning. Where in the beginning was the word and the word, the word was with God. Where was the word with God in, in the beginning? In Genesis chapter one, verses one through three. Where was the word in the beginning? Where was Jesus right here with the father in the beginning? And listen, listen, if you know anything about Hebrews, they don't do things on accident. Okay, the Jews did not do things on accident. So when they pen stuff and they write it multiple times, it's on purpose because they want to draw your attention. Hey, listen, this is important, right? So you, so here, bear with me. Verse 1, you see, in the beginning was the word, right? Verse 2, he was with God in the beginning. Verse 2, he was with God in the beginning. And so again... This isn't on accident, okay? This gospel, when they wrote verse 1 and verse 2, it wasn't just to be redundant and just to say the exact same thing on accident. They're trying to show you something, show us something. They're trying to give us this, this revelation that, listen to me, Jesus was with the Father at the very, very beginning. At the very beginning and that's why Paul says he's the author of life because through Jesus and then you know and you keep reading and you can even go all the way back to the Old Testament to old prophecies where it says that he came to his own to his own creation and they rejected him why because Jesus created it and so in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning, verse 3, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made, I just, I I love God's word, you know, I love it because I don't even have to suggest, hey, um, you know, this is Jesus, I don't even have to, like, make it a suggestion, like, it's in his word, it's in the Word of God. I, I love it, man. It is in the Word of God. So, again, through him, talking about Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Amen? All right. And now it's coming a, it's, it's coming a flood. That's all right. We thank you, Jesus, for the rain. We thank you, Lord. And so, and so as God was giving me this download, and, 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 and man, it was crazy. God was just starting to just boom speak to me. And the reason he was speaking to me is because he said, This, okay, he said, This is why I place so much emphasis on your words. This is why there is so much emphasis. On your words and my words. Because Jesus hasn't gone anywhere. And so when you speak, Jesus creates. Do you understand that when you prophesy, when when you declare according to God's word, and you say, in the name of Jesus, I I declare that this, this knee is healed in the name of Jesus, cartilage rebuild, Jesus creates. It's, it is so amazing to me that we have that much power and so much, so many of us don't realize it how much power we have with our words. Like your words are powerful when you know how to use them right, right? And so um, I want to read something real quick. I was talking to my wife. And again, tonight, uh, I'm probably not going to go super, super long. Um, I'm going to try not to anyways. But as I was kind of digesting all of this and and what God was saying and how important our words are to him and how important our words are to the spiritual realm, um, you know, me and my wife started having some conversations uh, at the book of Ezekiel. Uh, and, And so it was amazing because God was showing the prophet Ezekiel how powerful his words were thousands of years ago, right? And then, you know, here it is, I'm folding clothes, and God's telling me how powerful our words are still, okay? And so uh, I want to read uh, Ezekiel 37. So that's Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. So If you have your Bibles, you can go to that. If not, it should be on the uh, screen. And this is the Valley of Dry Bones. And now I love this story because it's just, this vision that Ezekiel has is a lesson. It's a life lesson to him, okay? It's extremely important. And, And the reason it's so important is because he's instilling... In Ezekiel, he's instilling one the knowledge, two the confidence. Okay, the knowledge that oh man, I didn't know I had the power to do this, and two, okay, and you'll see right now in a little bit because uh, I'm gonna re- I'm about to read it to you, but two the confidence, the confidence of speaking God's word boldly. Um, so when you speak. You create, okay? And so I want to show you this in Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, verse one through fourteen. And I know I'm going kind of fast. I am Hispanic. I talk really fast, y'all. So y'all bear with me. Um, So Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, verse one. Here we go. Says this: The hand of the Lord was on me, and He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? So remember what I told you. He gave uh, Ezekiel knowledge, okay? Because God asks him, Son of man, can these bones live? And, you know, Ezekiel's a very wise man, so he's like, I don't know. You know. Right. That's what it says. Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Right. You know, he's he's a, he's a dude. He's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he says, I don't know. Verse four. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. And say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So knowledge. He's letting him know, this is what I want you to do. Okay? So I prophesied as I was commanded. This is verse 7. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. I love this. Verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man and say to it this is what the sovereign Lord says come breath from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath uh, I'm sorry breath entered them they came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army why is this so important why is this so important man this, this like boggles my mind It is so awesome uh, to see a little glimmer into the mind of God. Like, it's just so awesome. Because why? God could have just said, okay, move out of the way, Ezekiel. Check this out. Right? And then they're all alive. Boom. They're all alive. Right? But he didn't do that. He said, use your mouth, speak, and command the breath. From the four corners of the the earth to come and fill. To come and fill these corpses. All right, because they were just corpses at the time. They had no breath. They were not alive. And so you have to ask yourself, why? Why does God tell them, or why does God tell Ezekiel, no, 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 you do it. You command the breath from the four corners of the earth to enter them. You command those dry bones to to come together and to come alive, right? And so uh, as I was talking to my wife, Crystal, uh, earlier, uh, I, I saw this like, hmm, how do I say it? I saw this analogy, this analogy. And what I saw was, you know, there's, people get saved right so they they become born again they're married if you will they're married with Jesus right they're married they're married and and what happens is the honeymoon is only fun if you both go together (laughs) you understand like the honeymoon is only awesome if you both go together who wants to go to a honeymoon alone like we just got married let's go to the honeymoon right I mean it's only awesome you know if you both go together so in the same way god doesn't want to do it alone can he do it alone absolutely he does not need your help i'm i'm a speck of dust like i'm nothing to him except you know i'm his son and he loves me but on the grand scheme of things there's billions of people on this earth he could choose anybody but He doesn't have to, is the point. What I'm saying is, God doesn't wanna go to the honeymoon alone. He doesn't want to go and be married, Jesus, I'm saved, and then there's no intimacy. There's no intimacy. You know, he doesn't want to be like, now let me do it all for you. Check this out, check this out, check this out. No, he wants you to do it. He wants you to speak with your mouth and declare things that don't look like they are, or maybe they haven't been in a long time, or things that are dead in your life, and he wants you to breathe and command new life to come into place. Like, (laughs) And that's why I said it's so amazing to get a glimmer into God's mind, because even though he can do it by himself, he doesn't want to. He chooses us. Like, it blows me away that the creator of the universe, God Almighty, chooses us. Doesn't need us, chooses us. Wants to go to the honeymoon with us. You know, we're married to Jesus. And the problem is that a lot of Christians, they get married to Jesus. They're like, I'm saved. I'm born again. Uh, You know, Lord, you know, Jesus come be what? Lord and Savior, right? Lord and Savior. And so they get married to Jesus, but then they don't want to get intimate with Jesus. You know? And it's like, okay, Jesus, this is awesome, but you go to the honeymoon alone. Like, I don't want I don't want to get that deep into it. Like I, I'm cool with knowing you. I'm cool with getting my, hell, uh, you know, um, get out of hell free card. I'm good with that. I don't want to go any further because that requires, you to get naked, intimate with Jesus. That that requires you to open up all of yourself and show him everything, right? Um, but anyways, um, so what God was showing me was that when we speak, when you as a Christian, when you as a Christian who's been married to Christ chooses to speak and declare Jesus creates. And that's why, you know, the word of God pre- uh, places so much emphasis and importance in your words. In your words, even with prophesying, like I said, the, the last couple of weeks when I was here, even in prophesying, Paul says to prophesy so that you would what? Edify the church, edify the body. Why does he say that? Because your tongue can destroy or bring life and build up, okay? And so there, there is no mistaking that as Christians, you have power. Jesus Jesus told us, right? I give, you, I give you all authority. You have power in my name. Like, go and continue the work. You know, go and, and save the lost. Go and continue the work. And so, oh, so anyways, as I was... uh standing there looking weird, because I was looking weird, y'all, like I was literally just folding clothes, and I'm like, and I'm like, typing super fast, God was just showing me how important your words are, um, not only to him, uh, excuse me, not only to him, uh, but also to the spiritual world that we live in. Now, this is something Crystal wanted me to share with you guys. It says, God needs us, his servants, to speak forth his word to bring bring dead things back to life. Dead things back to life. And so, what I'm here tonight to tell you is that you have the power, seriously, of life in your mouth. You have the power of change in your mouth you have the power and i don't and just like ezekiel i i just feel like as i just feel like as christians we just need it's almost like we just need a boost of confidence like a lot of times we we're like yeah amen amen that's that's a good word that's a good word but we don't really believe it like you know what i'm saying like God, I need you to heal this lady's leg at Walmart. We're just going to go right there. Just, Just that easy thing. God, I need you to heal this woman's leg at Walmart. Why don't we do that every day that we go to Walmart? Have you asked yourself, why don't we do that all the time? It's interesting, right, because... You guys have cars. You, you, you don't hesitate to jump in your car and crank it right up because you got to go to Walmart, right? So I'm going to go to Walmart. I'm going to jump into my car. Boom, cranks right up. You don't hesitate. Why? Because you know it's going to crank. You know you have a car, right? You, don't, you have confidence, at least most of us. <laughs> we have confidence that our vehicles are going to crank and take us to Walmart. But we don't have that same confidence. That if we pray for someone, it's going to do anything. That it's going to make a difference. Seriously, if we did, we would do it all the time. And I'm including myself. I am including myself. I'm not like, oh, you guys. Because, you know, I don't do it all the time either. And so this is something that's been challenging to me. And I wanted to share with you guys tonight because it's challenging me. I, I just I get excited when the Holy Spirit challenges me. Because I'm like, well, if the Holy Spirit is challenging me, then it means he's not done with me. At least I'm doing something, right? At least God is speaking to me. At least he hasn't let me go because God, because Jesus said that every, you know, every vine is pruned so that it can produce more fruit. And so if we don't ever challenge each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, if we never challenge each other, how will we ever grow? How will we ever get stronger? It's like if you went to the gym, and every time you went to the gym, you threw 20 pounds on the bench press. 20 pounds. Yeah, this is awesome. And after five years, it's the same 20 pounds. Yes, thank you, Jesus. This is just amazing stuff. Is he going to get stronger? Probably not, unless he does a million reps. Right? Because how are you going to get stronger unless you challenge yourself? Unless you say, okay, now it's 40 pounds. Now it's 60 pounds. Three months later, now it's 80 pounds. A year later, now it's 90 pounds. Two years later, now it's, you know, and so on and so forth. And I just feel like as Christians and believers, we need to challenge each other. Like in order for us to grow, we have to challenge each other. And so, my, and so God, I feel like God is challenging me and saying, if you believe me, Kevin, if you believe that you have power in your tongue and that if you declare my word and and this person will be healed because of my word, not yours, right? He's talking to me. Then why don't you do it more often? Right? And and so why don't we do that more often? And and I guess my only only thought was, you know, well, then, yes, were you going to say something? Uh, you might, I'll repeat what you say. Go ahead.
1: I, I think, well, for one, lacking confidence. Yeah. And I think like, when, you're in a, uh, when you're in that intimacy and that intimacy is continually growing and you're continually feeding that, is where the confidence mm. comes in. But then there's another uh, thing off to the side, and that is uh, some people aren't.
0: Perfect. Is it on? There. Yeah. Okay. So. She'll she'll cut it on right now. Do you want me to
1: repeat
0: that? Sure. Okay. There we
1: go. Okay. So my comment was I think what's happening is that we lack confidence. Mm. And the reason why we lack confidence more percentage by doing that constantly every day feeding that relationship to the point that you can walk in confidence and you can command these things to to happen but then also you got that other issue coming in that satan whispers into your ear and says you're not good enough right you know uh, you're not confident enough you're not strong enough yet or what will the people think? I mean, aren't you right. a little embarrassed just going up to that lady or that man? You yeah. know, like, ooh, can you really get out of your box? Yeah. But with Christ, you know, we can we can do that. That's right. But we have to practice because we're going to get better and better.
0: That's right. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's funny because the devil hasn't changed. Like, that's the crazy thing. He hasn't changed. The devil, you know what he says? The same thing he told Eve. Well, did God really say that? Like, are you sure? Did he really say that, like, if you laid hands on her, she would be fully healed? Are you sure? But what if it doesn't happen like that? What if she does not get? You know, the devil does. It's the same, man. It's the same of the garden. Did he really say that? You know, all he does is mix truth with lies and calls it all truth. That's all he does. And so... But you're absolutely right, you're absolutely right. Um, and I'll never forget, I was deployed in 2015 and I was, man, I was like hitting the gym extra hard, you know, um, well, you've been deployed, so, so you know, but uh, on deployments, there's not much to do except eat, work out, and sleep, and, and of course, work, you know, 14 hours a day. But uh, I'll never forget, I asked this guy, I was bench pressing, and man, I was like, you know, three months in, and I'm taking all these supplements, and I'm up to, like, I think, man, I was so proud, y'all. I was, like, 235, you know. I was like, so, I thought I was, you know, just awesome, and um, and this dude, this guy throws up, like, 369, and he's smaller than me. He was 169 pounds, about 5'9". Seriously. Yeah, I know. The bar was, like, it, yeah, I mean, there were some big people in there, like, and every time he would go to the bench, everybody would just be like, whoa, like, it, it was, it was, it was crazy, and so, <laughs> and so I asked him, I said, hey, man, um, you know, how do, how do I get, I, I totally thought he was going to say, like, steroids or something, you know what I'm saying, and I'm like, hey, man, how do I get uh, to where you're at, you know, how do I get that, that that strong, because he wasn't even, like, you know, like, people on steroids that look, like, crazy, and, like, extra, like, Uh, veins and stuff. He didn't look like that. He looked good in shape, like, you know, strong, but he wasn't, like, disfigured. Uh, But he was strong. And so I asked him that, and he said, the crazy thing he said was consistency. He said, I've been going to the gym every day since I was in the 11th grade. So for the last, that would have been about five years. For the last five years, he had been going to the gym every day, and then he said he would eat clean, and he would have one cheat day. But he said it was a lifestyle. It wasn't like, oh, now I'm gonna get into this routine, and then ah, I'm gonna eat McDonald's and, eh, ah. no. Like for five years, he was dedicated. He he did not skip gym days, and it didn't matter how he felt—tired, sick, whatever. This is back before coronavirus. Um, But he, you know, he would always hit the gym, and it was all about consistency. And so I wanted to know, how do you get that strong? And he told me consistency. And it's the same way in the spiritual world. Well, how do I finally get to the confidence where I can just pray for people? You do it. You pray for people, and it doesn't matter what happens. And then you keep praying for people. And maybe they're not healed, and then you keep praying for people and then maybe they're not healed, and then you keep praying for people. And you keep doing it, and doing it, and doing it. Did you have something? Yeah, a farmer told me one time. Hold on, hold on, say it in the mic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. strong.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean God is is amazing and, and the thing is that He's just waiting on us. Like that's that's what gets me all the time. Like
1: He's waiting on us, yeah. Oh uh uh-uh. I got something kind of cool to share. So I was helping um, actually a relative that reached out on Facebook, said she was dealing with really, really bad anxiety and stress. It was to the point that it was keeping her from doing a lot, almost debilitating. And uh, and I reached out to her and I said, I can help you with that. Mm -hmm. So um, I said, I'll call you later. I called her. And um, I told her a secret that somebody, a nurse told me years ago when I was getting my tonsils out when I was little. And I'll never forget that woman, she, uh, that nurse. She sat, she sat next to me, I was shaking really bad, just awful, just severe fear. And, uh, and she put her hand on me, which was a little calming, but then she said to me, and she kind of whispered it, and she said, You're safe. And I went, What? She goes, You're safe. And I go, I am. She goes, Absolutely. Whenever this anxiety comes on, I want you to say, I am safe. And you know what? It really, really, really worked. Mm -hmm. But. I was teaching her that, and I was helping her. I started praying with her. I started telling her, you know, what Christian movies to get to to help her to uh, calm her mind and, and ease her her uh, anxiety and her stress. Well, you want to know what happened? What wow. happened? That anxiety and stress came back to me tenfold. Wow! It was unbelievable. It was so bad that literally I couldn't help her. I had to reject her. I couldn't help her anymore because it came back on me severe, and it scared me. Yeah. And I didn't really know what to do with that, and I really didn't share it with anybody. I think I shared it with one person. But as you were speaking, it came into my memory. And do you know what I said to myself a long time ago that? that I soak in people's pain. I soak in their stuff. So if somebody had a headache, I would say, I can take that headache away. And I would go work on them, and I would take their headache away. But then I noticed later on that I was getting the headache. And so the point to this is we got to be so careful what we're saying in our mind, what we're telling ourselves. Like, I was, I no longer, from this point on, because ju- it just came to me just now as you were speaking, I'm ne- I don't soak any of that stuff up. Good. Yeah. And so, but I didn't know as you can help, as you're helping somebody, that it can come back to you like that. That I did not expect that at all. Yeah, and well, it did.
0: I'll share a little. Um a little not a trick, but a little thing that I do uh to get back at the enemy. You know, that's all. Uh did you wanna say something, bro? Not I, I, I felt you know. like you wanted to say something. Go ahead, man, say something. You saw me moving, is that on? Yeah. All right. Um, it made me think sometimes when I you know, I have a thought of go talk to somebody or do something and then the, and then an extra fear comes on me. Mm. And and I've I've learned to to figure out, wait a second—that fear can be a signal, and, and and you start to use that against you know where that fear comes from. And I started when I start figuring that out, I'm like, oh, wait a second, maybe I should go over there, and and it, those kind of things—the little fears don't happen to me so much anymore because whoever's giving me that fear figured out that when he realizes where where the problem, you know, where there's an opportunity, that I'll go after that. You know, so if you, if you feel that anxiety or that fear, you think there must be a big reward there. There's a reason for that pushback. Just a thought. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> two things. One, the enemy will always, always, always do his best to um, rebuttal you. I guess would be the word. He would. Um, he's always going to do his best to scare you, so you'll never do it again. Uh, Because fear is the exact same thing as faith, except in the devil. So fear, think about it like this. Fear is negative faith. When you have fear, you believe the devil more than you believe God. So fear is faith for the devil. Okay? Faith, of course, the the devil can't stand faith. He's, He's afraid of faith in God, right? And so fear is negative faith. Um, and so I'm not talking about like being hesitant or like, I don't know if I should do that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about fear. Like I'm gripped. Like I can't do that. I, I know I can't do that. I, I can't do that. I can't give a word to that person. I can't pray for them. I, I just know I can't. I can't. That's fear. So when that comes in, you believe the devil more than you believe God. That's why that's negative. negative faith is what I call it. Okay. That's just a Kevin term, but one little trick, real quick, for for I forget, a little nugget that I always do <clears throat> when I feel like the enemy is attacking me, when they, when I they feel like the enemy attacks me, is I make the devil pay. That's what I say, make the devil pay. Let me tell you, let me give you um, a response. Um, let's say my, hmm, let's just say that. I'm just gonna make something up. My wife, let's say me and my wife, uh, we're fighting, and we're arguing, and uh, you know we're we're upset with each other. And I walk away, right? What do I do? You know, you, of course, you could choose to do a lot of things, but I've learned to make the devil pay. So what do I do? I start praying for all the marriages in the church. I start to pray for all the relationships in the church. I start to pray for the pastors' relationships. The elders relationships, my friends that aren't saved relationships, everybody's relationships. I'm like, God. And I make the devil pay. I like that. And so what happens is, right, like the U.S. military, if you attack one base, we'll destroy five of yours. Right? It's like what happens is the devil figures out very quickly, I need to leave that guy alone. Every time I try to attack one marriage, he goes after and prays for a hundred marriages. I, I got to let that guy be because I can't deal with this guy because every time I go after his marriage, he prays for everybody else's marriages. Every time he gets angry, he prays for everybody else's anger and says, God, let you know, let peace flow and let please in the church and God, my family and, and my kids. And, and so that's just a golden nugget I wanted to give you. I learned uh, some years ago from... This guy named Gary uh, on a, like a podcast thing, but it was really, really good. And I haven't forgotten that. And let me tell you, it works. It works. You make the devil pay. Somebody's sick in your family, you start praying for every family. You start, okay, all right, that's what you, you want to do? You want my sister to be sick? No problem. Let me go to Walmart and pray for every sick person I see today. Make the devil pay. And I promise you, he's going to leave you alone in a hurry, and not not forever. But he's going to leave you alone. He's going to figure out. Let's not listen. Let's not you know. Let's not mess with this guy because every time I mess with him, he prays for everybody. Okay, so
1: that is that's really cool. No, there you go. Sit
0: on yeah. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I love that. That is that is a gem. I'm I'm going to take that with me. Um, very powerful. Um, Also too, you know, God's words um, are alive and active. And so we, I I mean, we almost have to be very calculated on what we say. And because it's like the little things. I remember a long time ago, um, Jasmine, I don't know if she remembers, but in the very beginning, when I started coming to this church, I'm like, girl, I'm a Gemini. She goes, Ooh, don't say that. And I go, why, why is that wrong? I mean, my eyes were like, why, was there something wrong with that? And they explained it, you know, the astrology and this and that. I'm like, oh, ooh, I'm never going to say that again. So yeah. I go around correcting people right. when I hear them say that. Or yeah. just saying, girl, I'm always sick. Right. Or I'm always in pain. I'm right. like, ooh, ooh. It's it's almost like you know fingernails going down a chalkboard. I'm like, That's don't right. say that. Don't don't say that. And I explained to them. And so, just hearing people say, ooh, I that scared me to death. I'm like, oh, oh don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> almost
0: had a heart attack, right? Yeah.
1: So I mean, we got to be careful of the of the negative things or the things that we say over and over our, in our mind or pray about it and ask God to reveal to us what are these thoughts that we're saying that are bringing on these th- these things onto us and just a, a little tidbit too at night when I lay down um, I'm hyper you know um, and, and my husband's laughing and so uh, my mind races yeah. I can't shut my mind off I'm like Lord oh you gotta help me here because my brain will not shut off and do you know what I started doing I started praising God and I keep going and keep going. And the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm snoring. I'm asleep. Yeah, and, and the brain quits. Sw- <laughs> no, it's working. He's yeah. seeing a big difference. And I am sleeping. Like, this is not happened in years. Right. Eight, nine hours. It is lovely.
0: That is awesome. Just wait until you start getting into the spiritual world. You start going around flying everywhere. That's going to be fun. Uh, I'll tell you about that later. Next time. We don't have enough time right now. but. Um, there's actually so many studies. I wish we had more time., uh, but there's actually so many studies, like scientific studies that show that, like, you know those fake pills? a, uh, placebo, yeah, like people really start to get healthier with a placebo because they believe and they're like, I'm getting better. I'm taking this awesome drug, man, and it's making me better. And guess what? They start getting better, and there's nothing in that pill. It's a placebo. Like, There's scientific evidence that shows that when you have faith and you start declaring things, stuff actually starts happening in your body, you know? Uh, And as Christians, we, I mean, we should know that, that your body is subject to your words. Yes, you're going to age, and yes, you're going to die, because we're all going to die. We're going to get old. But you have power. You have the power of life and death in your tongue. And so uh, it's just important. I mean, when Jesus said, every knee will bow, like when I start praying, right? Because Jesus said, every knee will bow, right? The word of God says, every knee will bow, the name of Jesus, right? Because he's the king. And so when I pray, I'm like, cancer, gots to bow. Diabetes, gots to bow. This little pain in my toe, gots to bow. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I don't care whether it's a cold, uh, cancer, cancer. Uh, it has to bow at the name of Jesus. At the, not at me, the name of Jesus. Uh, and real quick, because I just remembered what you said about you felt like you were soaking stuff in. Just remember, uh, and, and, and that happens because people, they're like, let me, what happens is people are like, well, let me kind of like take that from you. Uh, and so we start trying to get on the cross that Jesus already died on. And so you don't need to get on the cross. Jesus already paid the price for sin, paid the price. Uh, You know, he took those stripes for us, for our healing. That's what the word of God says. He took those stripes for our healing. So you don't need to take those stripes. He already did, right? And so uh, it's just really important that we point people to Jesus. So just another, did you want to say something, Jazzy? I felt like you wanted to say something. You want to come grab the mic?
2: Yeah, I was, ooh, I was kind of uh, taking notes. The weightlifter part, Yeah. when you said you eventually went up to him and asked him, that's how people in the world will eventually come up to ask mm, us, that's good. how do we get to be like that? Yeah. How do we get to have that joy in the midst of chaos? How do we get to have peace when everything around us is falling apart? How do I get what you have? What must I do to be saved? And then you point them to Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then, Ms. Deborah, you said something, and it just made me think of this scripture. Behold, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. Be wary and wise as serpents, and be innocent, harmless, godless, and without falsity as doves. So, yes, we are not just to go out there like lambs to the slaughter, but we take his word, and we take the confidence. We don't have self-confidence like the world tells us we're supposed to have. We have God-confidence, because He is all-knowing, all-seeing, and ever-present. Every situation we walk into, he already knows what that situation is, what the outcome is gonna be, who's gonna be touched by it. He knows it all, every single detail. So we don't ever have to worry about, well, what is gonna happen? I'm talking to myself (laughs) here. What's gonna happen with this particular situation? Mm. If he brought you to it, he's gonna equip you in it to bring you to the other side and it's going to be for His glory, because that is what we do on this earth. We should point to God and bring Him glory.
0: Yeah, I want to I wanna have confidence, confidence in Christ, the way the, you know, the first century, second century church um, had confidence in Jesus. Um, I wasn't going to plan on reading this, but I'm going to read this real quick. Uh, I know we have just a few minutes, uh, but this woman, this young lady's name is Perpetua and Felicitas, and they died as martyrs in Carthage, North Africa in the year 203. Uh, And so, these young people were getting saved, and then they were getting rounded up and thrown into the Colosseum to be eaten up by beasts. And it's just crazy, because this isn't a history book, but it's crazy because they're so confident in Jesus, so confident in Jesus, that it says that they were joyful. They were joyful. They had their last supper together, and then they all went out and died together. And one of the girls, uh, the girl named Perpetua, or I hope that's how you say it, Perpetua, um, she was almost sad that she wasn't going to be able to take part in that because she was pregnant. Uh, and she said that she was, she, it says, the book says that she thanked God because she was able to have her baby two days before they threw him in the Colosseum. And so she gave her baby to another Christian family, and then they, she died in the Colosseum uh, with the rest of the Christians. And she was joyful. Like, I, man, I'm telling you, I was just blown away. I just like, like the confidence you have to have in Jesus. I'm I'm talking Lord and Savior, Master. That's what that means, Master and Savior. Um, But the one thing I wanted to read, you guys, um, is, is what the executioner, one of the guards asked her. It says, while in labor, one of the guards remarked to her, you suffer so much now, what will you do when you are tossed to the beasts? She replied, what I am suffering now, I suffer by myself. But then, when she gets thrown into the the beast, another will be inside of me who will suffer for me, just as I shall be suffering for him. So she gave birth to a girl, gave her daughter to a woman in the Christian community to raise, and then the Roman captors allowed the group of young Christians one final meal, uh, which they shared as a feast in honor of Christ, they were taken to the arena where wild beasts were unleashed upon them. When they did not die from their wounds, immediately an executioner was dispatched and killed them all. So this is in the year 203 in Africa. Um, but when I was reading this stuff, man, and the persecution of the early church, I had to fall on my knees and just thank God. Like It, it, it really moved me, the, the faith and the confidence they had in their Lord. Um, and the and it's still going on, you know. There's people in North Korea that are the same way. Like it's them and their whole family get killed if they're Christians. They're found to be Christians, um, and the faith that those people have to say it's worth it. It's worth it to die for Christ, and not just read it out of the Bible, but mean it. Like it's worth it. Um, and so it's just it just blows my mind. That's just something I know it's a little different than what we were talking about tonight, but it's just something that. Has been on my heart. So again, just to conclude, when you speak, Jesus still creates, okay? When you speak, you create, and when you speak, things are being built into the spiritual world. Uh, and just another tidbit, I don't have time to talk about tonight, but maybe another night um, when like, uh, like witches and warlocks, when they actually go do warfare against different neighborhoods, That's how they do it. They ask to project themselves in the spirit, right? They go in the spirit realm, and they call curses down. That's how they do it, they call curses down. And this is what they say, there's gonna be, I declare there'll be a drive-by here, Uh, this person will die, this uh, car accident right here, Uh, that's how they do it, that's how they do warfare. Um, And so if people who aren't even saved are doing warfare, we who have power and have been empowered by Jesus, we can use our mouths to speak blessings. And so as I'm driving out of my neighborhood, that's what I do. God bless my neighborhood. God, I ask that it would be the safest neighborhood in this city. God, I ask that no accidents would be taking place, Father. I ask that you would send angels and that you would bestow peace, God. Peace that surpasses all understanding in my neighborhood, in my home, in my city in my state in jesus name it sounds like a simple prayer but but those prayers go a long way and and that when you speak you create so let's pray father god we just thank you for your words tonight god thank you for your revelation god thank you for loving us god and trusting us with your divine words god thank you for your power god thank you for trusting us with your power god and authority father I just thank you, God. I just challenge my brothers and sisters, God, those watching online, those that are are here right now, God, I just ask that you would just give them boldness, God. Boldness in the name of Jesus, Father. Boldness to declare your works. Boldness to, to declare miracles, God. Boldness to declare your truth, God. In the name of Jesus, Father. In the name of Jesus, God. And we just ask that you would just drive out all fear in us, God. Give us the confidence, Father, to call upon the name of Jesus, Father. In the name of Jesus, we ask you, Father, please help us, strengthen us, open our eyes, Father. I pray that we may see who we are in the name of Jesus, God. Cause us to see us as you see us, Father. We thank you for your word. We love you, and we we bless you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew.